0: Last week, well, I noticed, I I didn't know Ben was going through Colossians. They finished last week, but I don't see them much since COVID hit. We began it, he was closing it. But in going through this, last week we began in chapter 2. This is a short book, it's important to keep it in context, in context. Context. I'll give you an example. Steve and I were talking last night. The text in John 3. Except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter in the kingdom of heaven. In order to take that in context, you have to realize the Lord was telling him and showing him earthly things that he might understand heavenly things. Josephus said, how can a man enter get into his mother's womb? So when we look at except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, that water is not talking about baptism because baptism is the answer of a good conscience to God. It does not give life It's evidence that you have life and you have faith and you're professing your faith. and We'll get to some of the baptism today possibly in God. So what the text is talking about of natural things and spiritual things, except a man be born of water, except he be conceived in his mother's womb and the water of the womb and born of the Spirit of God. Unless he is in existence naturally by nature and spiritually by the Spirit of God, he can't see the kingdom of God. Now that is an example is what that is. And we're going to go through some today. We talked about in Colossians the the preaching of the Gospel. It's the context of the entire book. It's about temporal living in this world and the kingdom of God that God has translated us here And the blessings that we have in the preaching of Jesus Christ, the Son of God, the beginning of creation, meaning He created all things, He's the head of all things, He's the head of the church, in Him shall all fullness dwell. That's the fullness of the Godhead. That's the fullness of the church. That's the fullness of grace. The fullness of God's love. The fullness of all things for all things we have are in Christ. And we came down to chapter 2 last week. And Paul was teaching them about the great conflict which he had for those in Laodicea, those in Colossae and Laodicea, and for as many as had not seen his face in the flesh. Making a point that what he was enduring and what he was doing, what he was called of God to do, what he was sent of God to do, the word apostle means sent, Ministers are sent for a purpose to serve a church or to do the work of evangelists or whatever the case be. But Paul was an apostle. They were sent to minister in the sense of but they were teaching God's people and caring for them. But they were also sent to be the foundation, to lay the foundation of the apostles and prophets of the church upon the stone the chief cornerstone of Jesus Christ. Paul said, I have a great conflict. And we talked about the conflict. We talked about the conflict of any and every born-again child of God. As we live in this world of time, surrounded by darkness, surrounded by a perverse generation of people, speaking of the natural man, As we suffer temptation within and without, as Satan seeks to devour, the conflict between trying to walk with God, with Christ, in Christ, giving glory to Christ, and the afflictions, spiritually speaking, of Satan as he tries to lead us aside and away and devour us. This city was carried away with diverse doctrines. We are today. This city had many Jews that said you had to be circumcised because Genesis 17, the Lord said, Walk thou before me and be thou perfect. Walk before me and be thou perfect. And He gave Abraham the covenant of circumcision. And they believed therefore that in order to be perfect before God, you had to be circumcised. They had the teaching of the law. They had worshiping of angels. They had gnostics. Those who relied on their great knowledge and who denied the body, who who punished their own selves, their what's called will worship, fake false humility, and such things to justify themselves by that in their own minds. You're justified by faith. If you have faith, you're born of the Spirit. If you have faith, you're a child of God. God has given life. If you have faith, it's a gift of God. If you have faith, You have an understanding or you come to an understanding of the Gospel at least to the point that Christ died for your sins, period. That is your salvation. That is your all. And nothing can take that away. Paul said he suffered this conflict. As much as we suffer in this world, and I made mention of this last week. And I told you who said this. Brother Estes said, when God calls a man to preach the Gospel, He brings that man a little closer to Him. There's a purpose for that. It's not the man's better than anybody. Most times he's worse. But of but necessity, in order to understand and to know God in a depth that's deep or deeper, that he might give unto God's children comfort through the preaching of the Gospel. And as much as we suffer affliction, as much as we suffer heartache, as much as we suffer temptation, as much as the winds of doctrine of the world are thrown at us, even so more it was upon the apostles. The devil got the minister, the church suffers. Paul was a minister. Paul was an apostle. He said, I suffer these things for your sake. Very brief review. And he tells us why. That your hearts might be comforted, being knit together in love, that the love of God would flow from breast to breast, the love of Christ that we'd know, the knowledge of Christ would have it, that He's a, a, it comes from the God the Father Uh the Son and the Holy Spirit, everything that we have, and in these all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge, not the knowledge of the world or of science or of philosophy, but the knowledge of God, the knowledge of the Creator. Mentioned last week one of the doctrines that's turned into religion, the doctrine of evolution, that matter has always been, that there's never been a time when there was not matter. Because the natural man cannot understand something coming from nothing. Men today say, we've made life. We've cloned life. No, you didn't. No, you did not. You took a seed and a seed and you put it together. A seed God made and a seed God made when there was nothing. And you put it together and life came from it. But the natural man cannot understand that there was absolutely nothing but God when God spoke. spoke. There was no dirt. There was no water. There was no air. There were no stars or animals or man, much less. And God spoke and God created. The knowledge of God was hid in the Godhead. Get some more of that in a moment, I hope. And He says, lest any man should beguile you with enticing words. And then we close with this, for though I be absent in the flesh, Yet am I with you in the Spirit, joying and beholding your order and the steadfastness of your faith in Christ, the faith God gave you when God gave you life, when God wrote His law upon your heart, when God took away the heart of stone and God gave you a heart of flesh. God did all these things. Now I made mention last week, many theologians of years ago believed possibly that Paul in the special manifested powers that the apostles had actually could see, possibly in visions like Peter did, the church. That may be so. I cannot say yea or nay to that. But at the very least, By the grace of God, Paul did know, whether it was by word of mouth, whatever way, Paul knew what was going on in the church that Christ had established here in the world. And though he was absent from them, many of them hadn't seen his face, he was with them in the Spirit of God, the Spirit of Christ, in love and unity. Joy. We should be joyed in the church of God. This is our kingdom. The Father gave us. And Beholding your order, order, proper order, and steadfastness of your faith in Christ. Now we began a new text. Lord, willing, you pray. As ye therefore. As ye have, therefore, received Jesus the Lord, so walk ye in Him. Forgive me. I cannot pass this by. I mentioned it before briefly. If the Lord will help me, we'll expound on it in simplicity. As ye have, therefore, received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk ye in Him. You hear it commonly said, you've got to accept Him. You've got to receive Him. Implying that we have a choice. That we who were dead in trespass and sin could turn to God. That we who by our very nature are in rebellion to God, and hate God. There's a reason, Paul said in the Ephesian letter, that we're adopted from the nature of Adam to the nature of Christ. From the nature of man who is in rebellion in the death of sin, hating God. We weren't naturally dead. They were naturally alive with their natural ears hearing the preaching of the Gospel. But just like those people across the highway in that graveyard, they could not stand. They could not hear. I'm talking about the natural man. They did not get hungry. They did not get thirsty. They were there, dead, could do nothing, absolutely nothing, as far as knowing God, loving God, or coming to God, any more than those bodies over there that lay in the grave can stand up and walk. They will on the day of resurrection, and that will be by the power of God, but the text is teaching us we were dead in trespassing and sin. Now, John 1, he was in the world. He created it. The world was made by him and the world knew Him not. First of all, Paul said in Ephesians 2, we have our own course. We've had part of the prince of the power of the air. That's our nature. That's our nature. That's how we're born. A sinner man, a sinner woman come together and they bring forth a sinner child. Our nature is against God shapen in iniquity, conceived in sin. We have no way to know God. I say that to make this point of receiving the Lord Jesus Christ. Let's go on with the text. He was in the world and the world was made by Him and the world knew Him not. He came into His own, the Jews. If anybody should have known Him and taken Him and made their own mind up to be a child of God... It should have been the Jews. They were well versed in the law of Moses. They knew all these things every Saturday Sabbath. Those who would assemble would hear the law preached. He came unto His own and His own received Him not. The Jews hated Christ. They rejected Him. He said he was the son of God and he was and he is. They hated him because they laid their claim to man Moses, Abraham, accused him of being born of fornication because Mary was a virgin and was with child of the Holy Ghost before Joseph took her because it was mandatory it was she had to be a virgin. She had to be pure, untouched of a sinful man. He came into His own. His own received Him not. They rejected Him. They hated Him. If anybody, by the knowledge in Scripture, alone, alone, without the Spirit of God, could have accepted or could have received Christ, they would could have done it. They would have been able to. But he came into his own, and his own received him not. All that knowledge, all of the law, all they knew, all their some ceremonies, all they did, did not bring them to God. What brought them to God is Christ who died for them, who gave them life, who gave them a heart knowledge of God and sent His ministers to give them a head knowledge of God. And there's a reason for that. He came into His own. His own received did not. But as many as received Him. The word received does not mean, well, I sat down and thought about it and I decided in my logical mind that I would accept Him and I would receive Him and He would be my personal Savior. You see, they've taught me that He needs help. They've taught me that He's shed His blood, but I have to accept Him. I have to make the decision. What a heresy, God forbid. The Word received Him, as I told you last week and other times before, means to lay hold of Him in an intimate way as a family member, as a brother, in fact. He is our brother. We see Jacob wrestling with God, with the angel, which was Christ, and we see Him Prevailing, why did he prevail? Because God was with him and he was taken from the man Jacob, meaning supplanter, and his name was changed to Israel, which has two meanings, a prince with God and wrestles with God. We, you are the priesthood. You are a prince with God if God had loved you and has saved you. And as long as you live in this body of flesh, you will wrestle with Satan, with the nature, with yourself, with God daily, striving to pray as we talked about last week. For the, for the Spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. To receive means to lay hold on Him. It's not to make a decision. Let's finish the text and move back to But as many as received Him, Christ, to them gave He power to become the sons of God, (laughs) even to them that believe on His name. Okay. Very simple. said this many, many times. hope to say it many, many more. And you hath He quickened when you were dead in trespass and sins. You were dead and God gave you life. The Spirit of God what we call the irresistible call of the Spirit. For ye you see your calling, brethren. God gave you life. God called you unto Himself. The old prophet said that thy people will be willing in the day of thy power. The day of power is the day of Christ who died for us and saved us and brings us to Him. That's what receive means, to lay hold of, to grab and not let go. To cleave and not let go. And those that do that, He gave power to become the sons of God. The Spirit gives life. The Spirit. You're born of the Spirit. That's when you become a son of God. To show us the legal impossibility of us finally falling away from God, we're also adopted. And adoption cannot be broken. An adoption is final. It cannot be undone in the law. When that child, when the proper things that are done for that child to be adopted and what was done for us was the death, burial, and resurrection of the Son of God and the birth of the Spirit within you giving you life. When you are adopted, you don't adopt dead children. You adopt live children, okay? When you're adopted, when the adoption is final is when you go home. That's why Paul said in Revelation 7, Eight, the manifestation of the sons of God. When the body is at home with Christ and the spirit and soul in heaven in a moral glory, the adoption will be finalized and completed. But with that said, but as many as received Him, to them gave He power to become the sons of God. You're a son of God by birth. You're a son of God by adoption. You had absolutely nothing to do with that, just as you had absolutely nothing to do with being being born of your mother and your father. They came together. You were born. They knew you before you were born. The Father, Son, Covenant in the realm of eternity. This covenant was sealed with the Spirit of God. They foreknew you before you were created. They love you. When did you begin to love your mother? When you saw her and saw that she loved you and nourished you and keeps you. When did you begin to love your father? When you saw Him as your father, your provider, your safe keeper. When did you begin to love God? When you saw that He first loved you That He nurtures you and loves you and protects you and has put a hedge around you. When do you realize this? At the revelation of Jesus Christ. When God reveals this to you and it's manifested and this knowledge becomes deeper in the preaching of the Gospel, the Scriptures of God. But as many as received Him, to them gave He power to become the sons of God. Even to them that believe on His name. Why do you believe? He's revealed Himself to you. could go on and on with examples. The woman at the well. We know that Messiah cometh. She didn't know who He was until He said, I that speak unto thee am He. When He revealed Himself to her, she realized He was the Christ or is the Christ. He is the Christ. He's still the Christ of God. The preaching of the gospel is foolishness to them that perish. The natural man receiveth not the things of God. The Spirit gives us life and God by the means of preaching the gospel calls you to obedience and the faith And to the assembly of saints, the kingdom of God, that you, that God manifests himself in you, that you are a son of God, and not just a son, but a disciple. And in that Christ is glorified. Now, who are these people? Which were born not of blood. It wasn't Abraham's blood that saved them nor the will of the flesh. It wasn't Moses. It wasn't the will of the flesh. It wasn't your choice. It wasn't my choice. It wasn't the preacher. It was God. Nor the will of the flesh, nor the will of man, but those who were born of God. Back to the text. As you have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in it. What is Paul telling those at Colossae? God has a people among the Gentiles. God loves you and has always loved you in eternity. will love you through eternity which will never end. Our minds can't grasp a hold of that very much because we don't have the ability to understand that at this point in time. We'll know more when we get there. As we have, Paul is saying, as you've been born to the Spirit of God, remember verse 13 of chapter 1, as God hath translated, as God hath placed you in this kingdom, as God hath given you life, as God hath called you by the Gospel of your pastor, of others around who preach the Gospel of Jesus Christ. And that's nothing else. That's not your will. That's not anybody else's will. That is all the will of God and Jesus Christ. The election of grace. Election of grace. So the other night on one of the deer things I'm on the computer. All deer a bunch of hunters talking. Some fellow put up this thing, I guess feeling like he wanted to help everybody, and I respect that, I admire that, but he's blind. Salvation is open to all. I put on the sheet of the page it's on, whatever it's called on the computer, (laughs) Ephesians 1 and 4. I haven't looked back after three days to see what he answered, but I'm going to soon. fellow sits down here at the crossroads, 25 and 55, also sits on top of the mountain, at the lookout point where people stop. He also sits down at Watson's Grocery from the old Dollar General. The sign up on top of his truck, let's talk about the Lord.
1: I greatly
0: admire that man, and if I knew him, I'm sure I would love him as a brother. But I pray, I think, would to God, that all thy children know that truth. That every humble, loving child of God could see the truth. It's Christ. We had nothing to do with it. We still have nothing to do with it. We never will have anything to do with eternal life. That's all the work of God. It's all in the blood of the Lamb. Period. We... Preach Christ and Him crucified. As ye have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk ye in Him, okay? As God has given you life, as God has sent you ministers, the Spirit of God working in you, the Gospel which is the power of God unto salvation to the Jew and the Greek temporally in this kingdom and a salvation that we work out with fear and trembling. You cannot work something you don't have. I can think about building a house all day, but if I don't have something to build it with, I cannot build it. God gives you salvation. It is up to you to work... or. Let me rephrase that and say it in a better way. You, I, work it out in fear and trembling, standing separate from the world and standing with Christ. That's why Paul said, you've received Him. God has given you the gospel. You've laid hold on the gospel. You've received Him. you laid hold on Christ. You try as you walk to this world and all the temptations and all the conflict and all the death and all the darkness and all the sorrow to grab hold of Christ and stand in His light and to walk with Him. So walk, well, I missed. Now, so walk ye in Him. Rooted and built up in Him. He's not saying you can be rooted and you can be built up in Him. He is saying you are rooted. Isaiah said, Jacob is the planting of the Lord. The Bible compares us to trees, the cedars of Lebanon. We're a planting of God, just as Christ was a seed of corn. That fell into the ground. It died that it would not abide alone. He came forth from the grave and we came forth through Him in justification of life. We're the planning of the Lord rooted and built up in Him. The vineyard. The vineyard. Christ, the husbandman. The Son. The Son of God. We are His work. Of His hands, we are rooted and built up in Him. If we have growth, the Lord adds daily, such as should be saved. How does He add? Well, the preacher goes along, He he is saved in Christ. It's Christ's ministry. And once again, the Gospel is the means by which He calls you to the obtaining of the glory of Jesus Christ. Rooted and built up in Him and established in the faith. You are established in the faith. God has given you faith. It may not be manifested to anyone but God, but if God has given you a measure of faith, You may walk in rebellion all your life in sorrow and great misery, but what God placed in you is sufficient to God, a knowledge of Christ. You may not know Christ until the day you leave this world, but that's sufficient to God because this world is temporal. It's going to fade away when the Son of God appears in His glory, His glory. Glory, our God is a consuming fire will consume this dark, sinful earth. Rooted and built up in Him established in the faith. As ye have been taught. Who taught them? First of all, Christ. But the Gospel. That's what this is about. That's what this book is about. The church of God. The Gospel of Jesus Christ. It's not circumcision. It's not keeping the law. It's not anything a man has done, will do, or could even do. And if he could, he would not in his own nature. It's all about Christ. And that's what the Bible, that's what the Gospel teaches us. Christ and Him crucified. The Son of God died for you. The Creator of heaven and earth died for you. He cleansed you of your sins, yesterdays, todays, and tomorrows. And He raised up and He will bring you to heaven and immortal glory. Rooted and built up in Him, established in the faith, we have a knowledge of that because God has given it to us. We wait, anticipating. Anticipating the day of His return. Anticipating the day when He shall appear in, I believe, the eastern sky for the light comes from the east. He won't step foot in this sin-cursed earth again because His work here is finished. We will meet Him in the air. How do we meet Him? He draws us from the grave to Him. And those that are alive and remain will be called up and will all be called up in the air together with Christ. And so shall we ever be the Lord. Rooted and built up in Him, established in the faith, as ye have been taught by the preaching of the Gospel, abounding therein with thanksgiving. Thanksgiving to Christ. Thanksgiving to the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost. The Godhead who bear record in heaven record that He is God and that Christ is God in the flesh. Beware, lest any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit. I made mention, I think, last week, if I didn't, and this is in my mind and I meant to, philosophy, science, Falsely so-called. When I was in school, fifth grade, Miss Scales, very nice black teacher, I loved her to death. She was a sweet, good woman. She taught us true science. She taught us how the trees and the plants breathe out carbon monoxide, or oxygen, and how we breathe out carbon monoxide, and how God causes. To how the plants bloom, how the water runs. She taught us how God set things in order through true science. She taught us evolution one day. She said, by federal law, I have to teach you this, but I'm going to tell you it is a theory of a mad man. Insane. And I agree with her and did then. I say that to make the point there is a true science. Science. Paul is speaking of science falsely so-called and we go back to evolution. We go back to angels being with women and bringing forth sons that were giants or demons. No. Spiritual cannot mate with flesh and blood. Only the Spirit of God can give life in that way. And the way He did it was to overpower, to overshadow the Virgin Mary and she conceived. There was nothing lewd in it. Beware lest any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit. Okay, let's compare this with today. Let's look at that day. Philosophy and vain deceit. We'll get into this later. Apparently, I don't have time to today. But The things the Jews worshipped. They worshipped angels. Well, uh, they had different names for different angels. There's not an angel. Now, you hear me out. We you throw a rock at me. There is not an angel in Scripture that's named just two. And both of those are Christ. Well, there's three you want to them considered considered archangel. But personally, I believe that's Michael because it's Christ. Michael fights a battle. Christ fights for us. Gabriel is a messenger. Christ gives us the message of God. He reveals it to us. The only way to know God is in Christ, period. The bush that burned and was not consumed where the angel spoke with Moses, that was Christ. The man... In the appearance of a man who stood before Joshua, that is Christ. Who sat in the tent door with Abraham, that is Christ. It says the Lord, that is Christ. Who walked with Garden in the garden with Adam, that was Christ. There's no way to know God, but in Christ. No other angels are named, but the Jews gave them names. You see philosophy. You see the thoughts of men. I've said many times and people look at me like I'm crazy but I'm going to say it again real quick because it hit my mind and I'll tell you that's of the Lord. God gives us things to do. If we do those things for the wrong motivation, God doesn't accept that. If I go out here and give money to an organization and get a picture made of me and put in the newspaper, if they still have any, smiling with a big old check, my motivation, my reward is right there. God does not respect that. God respects you doing what you do for God to His small little brethren and sisters, the least among us. Because you love Him and you love them. That is what God respects. And the motivation is totally different. One's the motivation of man. One's the motivation of God. Love in the heart. We have no love without God. Beware lest any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit. Their deceit is empty. It's void. It's absolutely nothing. They can talk all day and take up all the money in the world line their pockets and everything they say and everything they do is vain. It means absolutely nothing. It is less than nothing. It is sin. But the children of God here, like the children of God today, are bombarded with winds of doctrine that are lies, that are heresies. They take the glory away from the very Son of God. God forbid. Paul says, beware. Beware. You know what you've been taught by your minister and by these other men and by Paul himself. Beware. Lest any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit. After the tradition of men, Jews, After the rudiments of the world, the elements of the Jewish law services, the sacrifice, the washing of hands, and all these things, which they had, matter of fact, added to the law. Because man likes to add stuff. Man likes to put his own thoughts and ideas. That's why you've got 50 different versions of the Bible and none of them are true. But the King James, because God moved those men to do that, and I don't mean the New International Version, I mean the King James 1611, which God had prepared to an English-speaking people, and we still have it today. After the tradition of men, and the rudiments of the world, and not after Christ. And not after Christ. Well, I preach Jesus, but you've got to do this or you've got to do that. Then you have left the truth. You have left the gospel. You have cut out the Lord Jesus Christ. It is now a lie. If you add to, remember Revelation, the last chapter. Remember how Satan beguiled Eve? One little word. If you add one word to God's truth or take away one word from God's truth, you have perverted the Gospel and it is not true. For in Him, Christ, dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily, for in Him Christ, we talked about this two weeks ago, to a degree. The fullness of the church; He's the head of the church, the body of Christ. Made mention back there about the body of the school. We're the body of Christ, the student body of the school. We're the church body of Christ. Should be students. Should be disciples. The body of Christ. Christ is the head. He's ahead of all things created. He's ahead in heaven and immortal glory. He's ahead of all things in every way necessary. He's ahead of all the powers and principalities of darkness because He's conquered them and He rules and restrains over them. He's ahead of the church. He dwells with us and loves us and teaches us and leads us and guides us by the Holy Spirit. But right here, right here in this text, Paul is telling us about the wisdom and knowledge that are hid in Christ, in the Godhead, but are manifested by Christ. Made mention we'll see back, 1 Timothy 3, I think 16. For without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. And then it says, God was manifest in the flesh. The natural man receives not the things of God. This is given to you, child of God, born of the Spirit. Christ manifested the power of the Godhead by everything He did. Raising the dead, healing the sick. In Him dwelleth The fullness of the Godhead. But now, let's try to, if God will bless me, simply to go one little step farther. In this man who was born of the virgin, who sits upon the throne of Israel, to whom all glory is due, In this man who suffered and bled and died is the fullness in the flesh of this man who will appear in His glory. Matthew 25, 31 doesn't say when the Son of God shall appear in His glory. He says when the Son of Man shall appear in His glory. All the wisdom of God, all the deity of God, the three persons of God, everything of God. And we can't contain it in our sinful bodies. It's here in the body of the man, the Son of God, Jesus Christ. The nature of God the wisdom of God, the knowledge of God, all things He is the Head of the Godhead bodily. For in Him dwelleth all the fullness, the completeness of the Godhead bodily. You know, it makes mention in one of these epistles about Christ being the only potentate, the only One who could stand in the glory of God. Who could stand in that light? Who could stand in that glory? Who could stand in that presence? We cannot contain that. We could not stand before that. We're sinners. Christ without sin. The fullness of the Godhead bodily. And ye, child of God, didn't say y'all talking to an individual you want to talk about a personal savior well here's you one and ye are complete you catch that in him didn't say you're going to be complete when you get in heaven although there will be a completeness there there will be the entire body, spirit, and soul reunited, seeing Christ as he is. There is certainly a completeness there. but what Paul is saying here is that while you live in this dead evil, sinful world. You're complete in God because that work is finished. Christ has finished the work the Father gave Him to do. He's given eternal life to every child of God all the way back to Adam, all the way forth to this day. Those that were dead before Christ, those that will be born tomorrow until the last promised heir of God is born in the Spirit. They're complete. They're cleansed. They have a fullness of grace in this world because God looks upon them as being... I'm going to say this. It may make some people mad somewhere. As being in this world perfect in Christ. He perfected us in the eyes of God. Are we yet perfect? No, we live in a body of sin. When will we be perfect? When we are reunited with this body? Or our bodies change when the Lord comes back? You are complete in Him, which is the head of all principality and power. I've got six minutes. I'm going to close here and we'll come back to it. He is the head of, because we have conference, and He is the head of all principality and power. Hebrews... For as much then as the children, God's people, are partakers of flesh and blood, He, Christ, also Himself likewise took part of the same, that through death He laid His life down and raised it up again. He might destroy him that had the power of death that is the devil. He laid his life down. He raised it up again. He destroyed He destroyed the, the control, the domain that Satan had over God's children. He destroyed the power of Satan and all the demons and all the fiends, the angels that rebelled against God and are reserved under chains of darkness until the day of judgment. Christ has done this. This is being preached to a people who were carried away or had attacks from different doctrines being preached and heresies in the world from the keeping of the law to other things we'll get into next week. Lord willing. <laughs> it is a joy. <laughs> you, you cannot understand the joy of standing before God's people in great fear in this sinful body (laughs) and declaring unto you Christ and Him crucified. God sends this to you. God loves you and gives this to you by the Scripture and the preaching of the Gospel in the kingdom of God. You've got to be born of the Spirit to have it. You've got to be the elect of God to have it. It's got to be at the time the Son of Man is pleased to do it. For the Son of Man quickeneth whom He will and when He will. But is it not a great joy?